welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the beautiful Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Nussbaum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 144, and we really hope you're enjoying the close season break as much as we are. We have got an awful lot to catch up on. Uh, this is like literally two months' worth of news and views and bits and pieces that have been going on. So I think without further ado, we're best to crack on. And as always in these podcasts, we start with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so the Supporters Club will be open for England's second round match versus Colombia in the World Cup on Tuesday the 3rd of July from half past 5pm and if England continue to progress in the World Cup the Supporters Club will continue to open for all England matches so hopefully Southgate and the boys can do the business and hopefully the Supporters Club can open for a good more few jolly days and nights as England progress in this year's World Cup. We're never going to get a better chance. We're discussing it before, yeah. won't we? Who do we get if we beat Colombia? It's who next? Sweden or Switzerland, followed by Croatia or, or Russia. Russia in the semis. It's like the FA Trophy all over again, mate. We all know how that <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Late Orient Trust <laughs> update then. Well done to the Trust. Absolutely. You know, we, we've, everybody knows how, um, how highly regarded within our community the Trust are, but it's really good that they've had recognition at league level. Um, so well done to the Late Orient Trust for rec- being recognised as the best project with player involvement in the National League Trust Community Awards. So fantastic. To everybody um, at the Trust... Uh, Neil Howard and everybody else um, congratulations it really is um, an outstanding piece of um, uh, history to our club that you get uh, awarded as much as you do and quite rightly so as well so yeah. well done keep up the outstanding thank work. you so a bit of AOB so first of all a well done to Tim Roberts who ended up winning the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league he finished on 2,293 points, 37 points ahead of nearest rival Dwayne Bingham in second place, and I ended up finishing in a respectable 43rd place well done. out of 156 players. So thank you to everyone who played last season, and we can confirm the first exclusive of this podcast. It will be back for next season, and so make sure you join us and try and claim the winner's trophy for next season. <coughs> Yeah, um, over the summer there's been a few new arrivals and birthdays to mention. So first of all, congratulations to Leighton Orient CEO Danny Macklin and his family on the birth of Jacob Anthony Macklin. Congratulations, so, Danny. Well done, Danny. Um, also congratulations go to Simon Pierce as a new member of the Orient family arrived on Father's Day as Katie Jill Pierce was born as an Orient fan. Brilliant. So well done uh, to you, Simon, as well. Um, and we all hope uh, we hope that all the families and the new arrivals are doing very well. Yes, yeah, so a few birthday wishes. So first of all, happy birthday to Gary Jeffrey at the Authentic Gaz, who celebrated the big 5-0. So happy 50th, Gary. Happy 70th to former chairman and later on honorary president, Barry Hearn. And happy birthday to Nigel Conway over the summer. And if you've had a birthday over the summer... We hope you've had a good one, and if you've got one coming up, get in touch. We'll give you a birthday or new arrival shout-out. Absolutely. So, the summer that has been. Um, at 2 o'clock, the club revealed their new kits for the 18-19 season, sponsored by Dream Team. So, it won't surprise anybody to know that uh, the home kit is going to be in all red. <laughs> Uh, the away kit is all yellow. That was chosen by uh, a supporter. We, if you remember, we had the chance to choose uh, what option of away kit we'd like, and the winner chose yellow. Yeah, well, yellow was the total vote, wasn't it? 
Yellow was a total bag. Oh, it was a total bag. Beg your pardon, yeah. yeah. But the third kit, rather interestingly, is pink shirt with black shorts. Yeah. What do you think about the kit? Uh, red one looks okay. I think Standard, yellow one would have maybe looked better with blue trim or black shorts for me. And we had a shirt with party poker on it that was blue with a yellow yeah, trim, yeah. yellow collar. And yeah, we've had a few like that. That was nice. Day. The claim yeah. yellow and blue, common roofing yellow and blue. Um, not sure on the pink one. Not for me, but quite a lot of people had a positive reaction about it. But good coverage from, for the club and Dream Team done quite a good uh, promo with the reveal. So they done yeah. well, which was again great publicity and great to have the reveal so shortly after the season had finished that feels like ages ago well, yeah it was early May and now we're in July you? yeah um, I like the pink I agree with you in, in a sense I think the red one's just a little bit uh, it's just a bit of a standard one um, I do like the pink kit the third kit a lot I kind of prefer that to be our away kit so that we get to wear it I might be been inclined yeah. to have um, sort of maybe uh, got, got more involved with that but you know um, it is what it is and uh, you know well done to the club for having it all sorted out in advance well in advance so we had quite a few views in on the kits so the first bit of the pre-season goes to At Boatsy who said that kit is a kit always was going to divide fans with the design and opinions I for one like the home and the away kit but not that keen on a pink third shirt hopefully the new fourth shirt will be a belter it could be a limited edition number so obviously the fourth kit We'll follow. I think Kent's been on uh, Twitter about it. I think he mentioned it um, on our special The Orient Hour a couple of weeks ago. Um, so keep your eyes pulled for that one. I think that will follow once the season has commenced. Yes, I would imagine so. El Colado tweeted us and said, not a fan of Nike templates in general, but these look all right. Love the pink shirt. Yeah, a lot of love for the pink shirt. David yeah. Matt Lloyd says, they all look like they're having a kit swap. The Wayne and Fur kits look like keeper kits. Not sure Nike are what they used to be anymore. Steve Ath one said, disappointed that we've got We've sorry, disappointed that we've no blue kit as a reminder of our only season in the top flight of English football. Yeah, Ingoland at 2010, not impressed. This is underwhelmed to say the least. Much prefer last season's blue and white kits. Orient Meat Pie said, boring, bland, and the sponsor can do one. I won't be spending my money on any of them. However, if the team wins in it, then all good, as ultimately that is all that matters. Absolutely, good Fair point. Enough. Orient underscore Ed says, it makes a nice change from red and blue kits. A bit bland, but they look okay. And Brady Ackers 95 said, I must say, I like the yellow kit. Would have preferred if they made the all-white kit the away kit. One downside, that kit announcement video was cringe, but Justin Edinburgh did make me laugh with his top yeah. acting skills. Well done, Justin. And to round up, the kits at CM Oriental said, a nice variety. I like the yellow and the pink is a clever choice to interest men and women. So thank you for all your feedback throughout the day on the kits. There was loads of it. And uh, yeah, keep your views coming into at Orient Outlook at Twitter. Yep. So Saturday the 5th of May, the under-18s beat Plymouth 3-1 at Brisbane Road with a double from Hector Kiprianu and a cracker from Amin Ben Yusuf. And in doing so, also win the oh, Merit no, under League 2. That third goal from Ben Yusuf was, was amazing. Absolute belt. It's well yeah. done to Peter, Danny and everyone involved in a fantastic season for the under-18s. I mean, we're a National League club and we're beating up to championship level clubs in the yeah. under 18 so phenomenal so well played to everyone and we hope that the, uh, the youth guys have another fantastic season this upcoming season yep Tuesday the 8th of May then for the last time in the 17-18 season the doors to Orient Outlook podcast towers are open as we recorded our bumper season finale with special guests Matt Porter and Ross Embleton if you haven't listened already 
um, or even if you have and want a bit of a recap of last season, this really is well worth a listen on, and it's on all our on all our platforms. So we just want to say again, thank you very much to Matt and Ross for taking time out of their um, of their evenings to to come and sit with us and and, and make the effort to record it with us, uh, and obviously to Nigel and Dave. Uh, Victor for their messages that were included in that. So that that's a season roundup from last season. So if you want to, uh, if you're bored on your sun lounges or whatever, get on the hotel Wi-Fi, download it, and um, two and a bit hours, two, two, and, a uh, two and a half hours. You two bet, and a half hours. You bet you best got on the Wi-Fi for that one. Don't yeah. claim your don't claim your data for that one. So yeah. Friday, eleventh of May, the Bumper. club published their retain list for the upcoming season and revealed that Nathan Mavilla, Rian McLean, Charlie Barker. Toby Stevenson and Andrew Camilo Tayaka have all been released and that Jacob Rees, Romy Bucko and Christian Scales are all available for immediate transfer. Club, gone. Yeah. yeah. Also, the club went on to say that Ebu Adams, Dan Holman and Lamar Reynolds have gone back to their parent clubs following the expiration of their loan contracts. Yeah. And a key point to note is that Sam Sargent, Raw Satoru and Arta Janata have all been offered new contracts as always we wish everyone leaving the Orient the best of luck in their career so your views on that news yeah for, uh, Jake was a bit of a 50-50 for me um, but it's clear Justin prefers uh, Lingy and Juddy at right back and obviously with Widdison being a bit more consistent at left back in the second half of the season Jake has really become surplus to requirements because we've got three players yeah. for two positions so there'll always be cover there and, and Dan Happy can play at Absolutely. left back if if any of the other if two of them get injured so uh, it's a shame he didn't really fit the system and he was good going forwards but not so much coming back so maybe yeah. he'll go to a club obviously he's gone to a club now but they'll play a system that suits him yeah I mean for me yeah agree no surprises really Scales didn't feature at all under Davis or uh, Justin Bocco hasn't featured at all under Justin doesn't fit the way Justin wants to play I think Justin was fairly honest at the meeting the manager last season when he was asked about Bocco said he doesn't fit in and he's available to transfer and Caprice hasn't featured since Torquay in March when he was sarcastically applauded off the pitch and I don't think his confidence ever recovered from that after making a few numerous mistakes I think we're probably going to come on to a bit later on yeah later in the the afternoon yeah the club announced the soccer camp is being held in Massachusetts uh, in June we're obviously in July now so this has already happened UEFA qualified academy coaches Lewis Spencer, Liam Embleton, and Steve Embleton were the aficionados. No, Embleton. That's a familiar name, isn't it? For those of you who recognise the Embleton surname, for the astute ones out there, <laughs> it's Ross's dad uh, and his brother who have done similar work in the United States for Tottenham. Uh, so we're really in a unique position to be able to draw on their experience uh, to host that. Yeah, great stuff. So Saturday, 12th of May, Tranmere. Beat Boreham Wood at Wembley 2-1 in the National League player final to finally get promoted out of the National League. Well done to Tranmere for me. Very happy with that result. I mean, he's one of the big boys in the National League is now in the Football League. So hopefully gives us more of a pathway to instant success for the upcoming season. Yep, Sunday the 13th of May, Braintree Town and Harrogate Town were respectively promoted to the National League, our league, via their respective playoffs. Well done to both clubs. Look forward to a nice little local derby yeah. against Braintree. Could be an interesting one. Very I remember playing them pre-season a few seasons ago, actually. We used to play half these teams, like, like as friendlies when we were a league club. Was it? Yeah, one, yeah maybe. We used to go there and whip them, so <coughs> that'll be a good day out whenever that is. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, 17th of May, the club announced a pre-season friendly. The first away to XO Sammy Moore's Concord Rangers on Saturday, 
the 21st of July. That'll be a good test for Concord Rangers. have made a good few signings under yeah. Sammy, so be good to get the boys sharp and get the boys fit. Chairman's had his checkbook out at Concord Rangers. There's no question about that. On Friday the 18th of May, in what was a very busy day, the club announced the Brayer Group as a new stadium sponsor for the next two years. And this means the ground will now be known officially as the Brayer Group Stadium. Uh, for those that aren't uh, in the know, the Brayer Group are a roofing company founded in Leighton in the 1950s. They've had a long association with Leighton Orient. And as part of the deal, the Brayer Foundation logo will be on the front of the children's shirt. That looks all right, the children's shirt. It I does look all right. website. Very, very nice and very good. So nice logo. Yeah, very good. So looks very nice. Your yeah. views on the ground sponsorship? Yeah, for me, I think it's great to have a company who've got roots in Leighton supporting us and obviously our bigger cause. And the sponsorship yeah. is obviously very much welcome. Yeah. As to the debate around what fans will call the ground, you know, Many will always know it as Brisbane Road, whoever the sponsor is. Even when it was Matram, people called it's it Brisbane Road. It's Brisbane Road. It's, it always will be. But from a media perspective, yeah. um, it will be the Brayer Group Stadium. However, obviously the Brayer Group hopefully will get a lot of good exposure from the media attention that we get. Certainly um, BT Sport came down and or, uh, were around us for quite a bit last season. So hopefully it gives them a little bit um, of exposure. And um, obviously this is how those things work. Uh, particularly obviously if we get promoted absolutely could absolutely. be a win-win yeah. your views sounds like a good deal I think happy happy with the naming rights and happy like you said gone to a local company who have connections with Orient so it's not like a soulless JJB Sports Arena or Tesco Direct yeah. Stadium or something yeah. like that so that's good you know and their fans you know the Bray Group are fans of Orient so the deal like I said should be a win-win for all parties so looking forward to my first trip down the Bray Group Stadium Come August, so lovely. Plenty of views about this one, as expected. So at Spice Albert says I can't find any dirt on them so far. Fans will continue to call the stadium in Brisbane Road, but they probably know that already. So fair play to them. Len M4 said no complaints from me. Any additional revenue is always welcome. Plus, it's a nice touch that a local company has been given the rights, which I absolutely agree with. Len yeah. at Speno 011 so sponsorship is a vital way to bring income into our club. So the Bray Group Stadium, it is. Yeah, LOF, LO Fans Trust said, at least we will no longer have sports reporters referring to the match room, which literally nobody ever, nobody else ever called it. Leighton Stadium, Matchroom Stadium, Brayer Group Stadium, it's always be, it'll always be Brisbane Road by any other name. Yeah, Leighton underscore Eos says, well done, Danny Macklin and co. Bit of exposure on television and around the ground for the company. I'll still be going down the O's. And the answer to the question, where do Orient play? Will be Brisbane Road? Nothing changes from a fan point of view. So it's all good. Yeah. And then one of my favourite tweets um, is Gareth JM, who said, 1988-89, shirt sponsored by a roofing company, promoted. 2005-06, the shirt carries the name of the stadium sponsor, promoted. 2018-19, actual stadium sponsored by the roofing company by a roofing company just give us a trophy now and be done with it yeah like it yeah, well done Gareth JM so thanks for all your tweets on the announcement of the Brea Group Stadium and the day was done as a second announcement of the day was made as the O's will play a friendly away to Harlow Town on Saturday the 7th of July with a 3pm Kickoff. And to round off the announcements, later in the day, the club confirmed what Nigel had announced in the live show that we recorded with the Orient Hour, and that is that the club are going to Portugal. Dates for your diary are the 8th to the 15th of July, 
There's going to be some warm weather training and a potential match with the opponents. At that, at the point of us writing this, was to still be announced. Yeah. That obviously, has been now announced. I think that comes a bit later on in our little yeah. plan. So Monday, the twenty-first of May, in an interview with the Waltham Forest Guardian, Martin Ling confirmed that Matt Harrell will be out until September. So we wish Matt a speedy recovery. I mean, he's been injured for a good couple of months now. Yeah. With Alex, I hope he recovers quickly to kind of try and force his way back at least into the squad if not the first team absolutely the club confirmed more pre-season fixtures as Southend United were announced to be visiting the Brea Group Stadium on Tuesday the 24th of July that is now been moved to Saturday the 28th of July whilst we'll be playing East Thurrock away on Tuesday the 17th and St Albans City away on Saturday the 28th. That has now been moved to Tuesday the 24th. So just to be clear, St Albans City is Tuesday the 24th. I think it's a 7.45 kick-off. Yeah. And we're now playing Southend uh, on Saturday the 28th with a 3pm kick-off. Good to see the club very early announcing these friendlies, really early. Good Agreed. schedule in place, good level of competition ranging from League One down to National League South. Really good. Should be good workout, good fitness for the boys. And I think that Portugal trip could be worth its weight in gold for the bonding experience for yeah. the fitness experience and for the opponent experience so really happy with that one on Thursday 24th of May turned out to be a very busy day firstly Raul Satorio signed a two year professional deal what he owes what an, you know, well done to Raul featured yeah. a little bit last season came on as a sub in a few games towards the end of the season yeah. looks very promising and he's had a great scoring level for the under 18 so we wish him all the best for the season for yeah. me Good news for that. Good to see you for still coming through the system and, you know, the experience he'll get working with Mooney, Harold, Joby, Charlie Lee, good established professionals who've taken care of themselves will only help his career and hopefully he can develop under our stewardship and take the national lead by storm in the season. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm really pleased to see another member of the Orient Youth Academy signing a pro deal. I think it serves us well when we're trying to attract players to our Good academy point. as well. It shows yeah. them a clear, defined pathway that if you do well enough in the in the youth setup, you will go through to the first team. You will be offered a pro deal, which not many clubs see that we see being being given giving their um giving their youth that that sort of route. Yeah. especially the higher up the pyramid you go. Yeah, Joe underscore Pavitt said this is good news. Very good underrated player. Him and Bon up top should be amazing, but still have pre-season to go. Yeah, Ron Sampson, 15, said, excellent young player. Watch us sell him as soon as the first bid arrives, though. <laughs> Good tweets there. So We're sec- not a selling club anymore, Ron. We don't have to do that. Absolutely. So secondly, we exclusively announced that unfortunately, Ebo Adams will not be joining Leighton Orion. So Martin Lee told the official website, said, it's a disappointment. We tried everything in our power to keep him here. And the good thing about the message back from Abu is that it's nothing to do with finances. He wouldn't tell us which club he's going to and I'd make a pretty good guess and say it will be a league club. And it's one of the things we have to face sometimes as, as we are in the National League. Martin, I can give you a pretty good guess and say it's not a football league club. Obviously, I have the benefit of hindsight. Finances weren't the issue though and it was about the level of football that Abu's going to go to. It was a good conversation, but a sad conversation from our point of view because I think he did really well for the football club and Ebu went on uh, to kind of say goodbye message to the fans through social media through his Twitter account 
Um, There's a lot of there was a massive outpouring on social media as well. So what did he have to say? So he said to all the Leighton Orient fans, unfortunately, I will not be extending my stay at the club beyond my loan spell. And please understand, this was a very difficult decision for me. I have enjoyed every single second playing in front of you all, and I put in 100% every time I put on the shirt. And I would like to extend my thanks to my teammates, the staff, from management to behind the scenes, and from day one, you have made me feel like part of the family, and I'm forever grateful to you all. I wish you nothing but success for 2018 to 19 and beyond. Mm. So your views on that? On yeah. the first initial hearing that everyone yeah. will be joining the club? Shame, but he'll probably go to a league club, which is a level really that he can play at, probably high end of League 2 or maybe the lower end of League 1. Um, and wish him all the best. I'd be annoyed if he signs for another National League club. Obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, we'll move on. We'll be OK, though, because Steve Foster and Martin... Ling will have other names uh, on their list that we they'll be proactively going after right about now. They've probably even been making phone calls um, as we were writing our, our summaries yeah. at the time of this being announced. So obviously, guys, this is this is written on the day that this is uh, this is all announced. Yep. So for me, it was disappointing, but that was football. You know, we all wanted at that time Ebu to stay, but it wasn't meant to be. You always gave hundred percent, like you said, in an orange shirt, and that's all you can ask. Seemed like a good kid with a good head on his shoulders, so I hope he's made the right move, but only time will tell. It's funny reading these in hindsight. Yeah, absolutely, or retrospectively reading them. So those were our views. Your views, we had Evan, um, Evans O's fan said, was half expecting that. I'm sure Justin will bring in a decent replacement. Yeah, Sharky was. That's a shame. Personally, I believe Ebu Adams should play at a higher level. I'm grateful for the time he spent here, hopefully as he moves on to better things. Yeah, Dunmark said, shame, but there are plenty of talented midfielders out there to go after, and we have Lee to come back, so I'm sure we'll be fine. Hope he does well wherever he goes. Might be sure that he probably will track that tweet, Dunmark. Yeah. Uh, Caroline 13B says, what a pity. Would have been a real asset and a major coup. I wish him well wherever he goes. I trust in Martin, Lee and Justin to find us equally talented replacement. I heart Rushmore said, had a feeling he wouldn't sign. He was class, but should be playing league football. Also thought he might struggle to play with Lee. Different players, but both tried to occupy the same space for the short time they were on the pitch together against Maidenhead. Great point, isn't it? Great Great point, says, if Ebu Adams doesn't want to sign and he is not the player we need for the squad, great player, thank you for your efforts. But regardless of personal aspiration, if you have to think about signing for OFC, then you are not for us. I think that's probably the best tweet yeah, I think I've read on the Ebu situation. And then to finish off, a busy day, the club announced that young keeper Sam Sargent has signed a two-year contract to stay at the club. So well done, Sam. And another good piece of news, another good youth player staying at the club. And hopefully, you know, two years he can learn from Dean, learn leave from Charlie. Good experience keeper, Charlie, for his age. And hopefully we can bring him on. Yeah, I agree with you. Delighted to have secured more talent. Um, for the future of our club and down underscore underscore south also agrees he said great keeper have to have him for another two years happy to have him for another two years will probably be number one before long so interesting yeah absolutely interesting Dean Brill you know number one at the moment but a lot can change in football over the course of the season as we've seen so should be interesting we'll come on to the squad a bit later Uh, Friday the 25th of May another busy day for the club there were two announcements in the afternoon so firstly the club confirmed that they would be playing the Benfica B team on Saturday the 14th of July whilst they were in Portugal and I think it was supposed to be a championship team but that didn't materialise that fixture for me Benfica B that's awesome how did we wrangle that you know Benfica massive club massive history and all that's the B team still great exposure for our National League 
club to be playing Benfica be fantastic Love yeah it. I agree with you top work for the club, uh, to the club for pulling I don't know who's pulled that one off but whoever it is deserves a pay rise secondly the club announced that a friend of the podcast and former promotion winning captain John Mackey was returning to the club to help coach the under 16 team alongside Matt Waldron in a role that he will combine with his first team duties at Ashford United he's the uh, assistant manager there with Gary Alexander for those eagle eyed people that have kept their eyes on social media over the summer John tweeted, delighted to be back at the O's working alongside at Matt Ward, 28, in coaching the under-16s. I hope to pass on my knowledge and experience, especially in the art of defending and improving them as players. John, welcome back and good luck to you. Yeah, welcome, and the boys there, yeah. Welcome back, Mr Mackey. I'm sure it will not be long before you are back on this podcast talking about the under-16s. So we look yeah. forward to welcoming you back into the podcast towers. So moving on into Sunday, the 27th of May, and it was Earl's game. It what was a great afternoon and it was well supported so Errol Celeb 11 took a commanding lead but Martin Lings at London XI ended up winning 5-4 with super subs Scott McLeish bagging a brace super Kev Jamie Curitan and Danny Shittu scoring the other so I couldn't make it but you were there good day good match really good day I got there a bit late uh, I got there just in time for kickoff, so I missed unfortunately all the pre-match fanfare but you see some of the pros out there, their movement is, they've still got it. Never lose it. Never lose it. It, it was just, it was great to watch and, and um, everybody had such a, such a nice day um, and, and it was just such a good, good feel good factor. Another thing about being held at Orient is just that you could just tell that it was just all positive. People were asking about Orient and good to see some old faces there and yeah, just generally overall a really, really good day and the celebs were on form mooching about the crowd good. saying hello to people just a really really thoroughly enjoyable day good and I'm chuffed and my wife came as well so that was um, that was really cool actually because she could then see got you know, fans were there and just got chatting to people really. it was really nice for her to see the other side of what I do yeah absolutely when I'm not in um, Levy Towers <laughs> um, so well done to Errol and I'm a fantastic match well done on sorting that and we hope you raised a lot of money for Prostate UK and to Martin's charity uh, right. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So why not to all involved? Yeah, absolutely. Sam Ling and Josh Caroma started for England Sea on that Sunday as well. They were away in Ireland to the Republic of Ireland. Josh Caroma made his international debut in that game. Unfortunately, the result didn't go England's way. Uh, despite leading 2-1, they were beaten by their hosts 4-2. So good experience for Josh and for Sam as well. Brilliant. And we hope, yeah. you know, through the coming season, Sam and Josh both retain their places. And can other players that aren't forced their way into that squad, like Ekpateta? Because obviously it's an under-23 squad, isn't it? Yes. Like so you've got yes. Ekpateta, Danny Happ. Miles Jard, if they all kind of get around the squad, could be seeing more call-ups, which will only be a good thing for our boys and for our club. So Friday the 1st of June, so a shock was in store for O's fans as Ebsfleet announced they had signed Ebu Adams. I was at Willow's Farm and I remember you texting me going, Ebu's joined Ebsfleet and that was it. And I was speechless. So before we go into my reaction, go on, you can take the floor. so annoyed, <laughs> so annoyed. If he'd, have, if he'd have gone and signed for Southend, if he'd have gone and signed for Gillingham, if it had gone and signed for a another club in the football league, not the national league, wouldn't have bothered me. If he signed for any football league club, I think we're fine. I think we're saying fine, fine. Pat on the back. Being well done. Way, you stuff. deserve it. Yeah, you on. absolutely deserve it. But he kept us waiting three weeks, having told us he wants to play at a high level. 
And then he turns up at Ebbsfleet's door. It's got nothing to do with the fact that the guy's from South East London because Ebbsfleet isn't that close when you're travelling and you get stuck on the M- M2. It isn't that close. So it's got nothing to do with location. Admittedly, they had a good season last year, but that's not necessarily, that's not guaranteed to happen this year. And for me, you know, plenty of people have told me that he was telling us about his aspirations, it wasn't a money-related situation, he wanted to play as high as he can, he'd come from, obviously gone from non-league to Norwich, massive step up, they obviously didn't see the value in him long-term, they have to make decisions, and quite rightly, he's good enough to play with a bit more coaching at a league level. Um, I, I can't help but think how disingenuous he is. And but he might feel... yeah. He might feel that Ebbsfleet have a better chance of promotion in National League this season. It's money. Than Leighton Orient. It's money. No, but we don't know that. We think that. You perceive that. It's money. You perceive that. 100%. You perceive money. that. We don't know Ebu. I haven't spoken to him on the phone. We've spoken to others about him, but we both don't know Ebu personally. No. To say that. He might think, and I might be wrong, he might think they finished higher than Leighton Orient. They've got a backer who's more wealthy than Nigel. Because they have. Or it could be about money. But we don't know the full story behind that. Is what I would say. We were disappointed. But then but he had not... a glut of league clubs after him as well. Apparently. Yeah, of course he did. Of course and he he's did. turned down. So it's not... But he wouldn't have... He's told us it's about playing at he, high level. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have walked into a league one club and started. And depending on who we were speaking to, league two, maybe he would have started. I don't, we don't know the clubs he was speaking to. Mm. It's an, it's an interesting one. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I was surprised by it. So Probably down to money, but we don't know. I mean... Show you your colours, really, to me. I mean, good riddance. Yeah. If, if it takes you three weeks to, to come back to us, having us gone back and forth and contract negotiations and money being put on the table, if it takes a, a guy three weeks who's already been at the club for yeah, six yeah. months, three weeks, to decide that he doesn't want to be at us but wants to go to a higher league but actually then turns up at a national league club then fine don't play for us it's yeah, not a I mean, problem we'll move on but it just it just really um, I was going to say something else then but it's, it's a family, family show, show. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really ground my gears it's an interesting one isn't it because but you're more I'm more um, emotive about it whereas you're more logical it's football about isn't it? it money talks in football of course if it was money <coughs> uh-huh, it, probably it was money if it was money, but he might have gone to Ebbsfleet and I might have said, look, you're going to be the main man, you're starting number eight yeah. position, where you want to play, you're going to be our best played player. He wouldn't have got that argument. He wouldn't be on more money than certain players in the squad. He wouldn't be the man. I think we've got other players who are the we man. I know that Daryl McMahon promising that. Oh, absolutely. We don't know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'd, I'd I'd load of unknowns. I feel sorry for Martin Ling in this because I think Ling probably comes out looking a bit silly based on the quotes he made before that we just read, i.e. presuming he goes to Football League Club which he doesn't, presumably goes to a high level, which he doesn't. Only everybody knows what, what he's done. Yeah. And I don't think and we're ever... Agent. Yeah, and he's not really... Even though everybody's put out that statement, the tweet we read, and he's put out another one, I think, about joining Ebbsfleet, he's not really explained himself very well. No, it's a bit airy-fairy. There's nothing of, of any substance to it because he, he commented in the Ebbsfleet thing about, or on social media about... Um, pressure or something we gave him a deadline or alluded to the fact that like we wanted to know we needed to yeah, plan yeah. either you're with us or you're not yeah it's, it's a funny one like we said if he goes to a football league club we're sitting here going great player best of luck hopefully we sign him and get promoted but now he's going to go back to Brisbane Road in the season or the Bray Group Stadium and probably have about 
of the fans booing him. Which is yeah. a shame because he always did give 100% for Orange. It's true. And yeah. prob- he'll probably think that we're calling his name though. Yeah. Oh, possibly. But yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Obviously, it's got very emotive in this room and it was very emotive on social media yeah. as well as you would expect. So we'll mention a few. Obviously, the ones where people are calling in names we can't really mention because like we've already said, family show. <laughs> but N. Ramston said, a very good player but confident Justin Edinburgh will bring someone in equally as good if not better. But a strange one, Obviously has ambitions to play in a team 10 minutes from home rather than a big club like Orient. But it's just more about the player than it does Leighton Orient. Good tweet there. Yeah, MB Quain said, Is this for real? Is Leighton Orient not more of a challenge than Ebbsfleet? And wouldn't you say Leighton Orient is a much bigger club than Ebbsfleet? Yeah, Alexander J. Rose once has got no respect for Ebu. Now I have none at all. He's just another George Porter. Wow. Uh, Alan Re- wow. Alan, Re- Alan Reeves too said, embarrassing that we can't compete with Ebbsfleet. Other players at the club will look at that and may decide to move on. Embarrassing for Orient this. And actually, something in your notes that you said uh, as, as well about um, Ebu, reading Ebu's goodbye message, he never implied he was off to a league club, which is he was clever. clever. He was, yeah, that's, clever. that's exactly it. Yeah. Clever in what he said, but... I don't think we can ask questions about our failure to lure him because I think we did everything we could. Yeah, well, obviously, and we've, we've had the kind of benefit of speaking to Kent, which is coming up later, and we yeah. kind of touched upon Ebu. But time will tell, won't it? In April, yeah. when hopefully we go up and Ebbsfleet don't, we can kind of go, well, told you, <coughs> see you later, and hope you don't do anything. Or in April, if he goes up with Ebbsfleet and we don't, then he'll, he'll go he'll be made the right choice. Yeah, absolutely. We'll so see anyway. what happens. We'll see what happens. But that is Ebru Adams. Let's not talk about that. That That is boy's name any longer. (laughs) Friday the eighth of June. Nathan Mavilla, who's uh, who was with us, signed for Hampton and Richmond Borough after leaving Leighton Orient following his short spell, which he never featured in a match for us. It was always, I believe, we offered him a contract. Was it from Wingate and Finch? Yeah, yeah. he came from. Yeah, and it was to bring him in to have a closer look at him. Yeah, never um, I think featured. it was a cost-effective option, but no, he never featured. Never featured. Just going back to Ebu, that's a nice name, that. If you have a boy, Ebu, no, it's not. Ebu, Le- Ebu Levy. Move on. <laughs> Thursday, the fourteenth of June, Ebu. the club announced our first Dead signing of the summer as twenty-one-year-old central midfielder Dal Gorman joined following his release from Stevenage on a two-year deal. So Dal played twenty-seven times for Stevenage last season and has played over fifty games in League Two in his career so far. So Dal went on to say, "I'm delighted to sign for this great club." And I'm looking forward to the success in the future with the players, people and fans we have here already. This new season is set to be something special and I can't wait to get started. Good quote, Evan Dow. Absolutely. And I think for me, by looking at his stats, he looks like to, he looks to be a solid signing. He's played a lot of league games yeah. for his age. He's a Northern Ireland under-21 international and time will tell how he fits into um, our squad and plays for us. But I think really great work by Steve Foster, Martin Ling and Justin Edinburgh. Uh, for scouting that quality of talent, you know, he probably had league clubs chasing him as well. Well, 27 league two appearances <coughs> last season, so he's played in over well over half of Stevenage's games for last season. Last season, Stevenage, yeah. I think, finished around mid table. Mid table, yeah, yeah not, I think you're not right. bad yeah. at all. For me, I don't know too much about him, to be honest, but good pedigree, like I said, good experience for his age. See what happens. I'd expect him to come in and challenge for a first team place this season. Oh, I'd expect him yeah. to be proper challenging Craig, Charlie, Lawless. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting to see how that central dynamic and Joby also can play in central midfield. Yeah. From what I've been told, technically he's a better player than Ebu as well. Yeah. Um, see that one. Yeah. So he's a better, better ball player than than Ebu. Oh, as if well, he comes so. in and his first game plays brilliantly, then we're all kind of going. 
Fair play. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Wednesday, 20th of June, the club announced that a Leighton Orient XI would play away to Greenwich Borough on the 30th of July, and that to mark the one-year anniversary since the consortium Eagle Investments takeover and to launch a new home kit, the club will celebrate Friday, the 22nd of June, as Orient Day. Mm, very nice. So, fast forward to said day. Friday the 22nd of June. Happy Orient Day, everybody. It was a year ago that Eagle Investments took control of the club and this was celebrated with the first official Orient Day and the new home kit going on sale. I can't believe that's been a year. It's amazing, isn't it? Already crazy. <coughs> Everyone remembers where they were when they heard that news. And Sat at my desk with my screen on, saw the tweet come up, went straight onto the website. 4.45 precisely. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Amazing, amazing day. Really good. Really great to hear. So Tuesday, the 26th of June, the signing of 23-year-old striker James Allaby is confirmed. So he signed a two-year deal and joins for an undisclosed fee. So James tweeted by saying, new chapter, buzzing to sign a deal with Leighton Orient FC. It's time to get my head down, work my socks off and do my best for the club. I'm hungrier than ever. Let's go O's. Yeah, another tweet. In another tweet, James said, "I will not shy away from the fact that I had a disappointing season last year with Tranmere Rovers, but I would like to wish them all the best back in the EFL and and the future." Thank you very much. So James Allaby is now a late night player. So your views on the signing of Mr Allaby? Yeah, I think for me, more great work from Steve Foster and Martin Ling, a strong, powerful and pacey striker, uh, is how he's been described to me, which for our level I think is a really, really, really good signing. He's young, he's hungry to do well, he feels he's got a lot to prove, so he's going to put a lot of pressure on himself to do well. Um, Phil Him and Bon up top will give us a, a really good edge that uh, perhaps we didn't have so much last season. But obviously, as with all these things, hindsight's a great thing. Maybe we'll sit back at Christmas yeah. and review this and think, actually, what a load of nonsense. He's absolutely gone, gone <laughs> mad. Um, only time will tell, of course. Um, but the fact that he wants to be at our club, um, hope to see him and Bosch smash. Bon smash 40 goals between them or more. Uh, obviously, lots of fans making judgment calls on a player they've never seen, writing him off before he's even kicked the ball. And I think that's a real, real shame. He was at Dover last season, but he was played out on the wing. So never really got to see yeah. um, the true uh, him. But uh, we've brought him in to play him in his natural preferred position of striker. So fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I don't know too much about him, to be honest. But I know two years ago, he had a very good season in this league with Chester who didn't have a good season so I think he's got 17 in a, in a league where his team actually didn't do very well seems to be the powerful target man with non-league experience which I think is pivotal because we brought Harold in but he'd never played non-league before as that target man and I think he'd struggled at points Harold to be fair and I think Alibi knows we know what we're getting with Alibi he knows what he needs to do in um, so I'm happy it's interesting about Tramir because most Tramir fans don't rate him at well, all. I remember when they signed him they were all raving about him. They as paid well. a tribunal for about twenty-two yeah. grand. They were, yeah. So I'd expect him and Bond to be our starting front two, and hopefully them two can get a good connection and read each other's game. Because when you have a little and large striker, if you get the right balance between how you play around them, both can bang in goals for you. So I'm excited by this. I'm really yeah, excited. I, agree I think with he you. could be a very, very good asset to lay on it. We'll see. So those were our views, your views. LOFC Chaz says, doesn't look like the best of signing, but did have a good season a few years ago for Chester. And hopefully, if he gets the game time, he will prove us wrong. Have to support him until we see what he's about. Hope he can prove not only us, but Tranmere fans wrong too. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, or it's think, Dustin, he's a lump. 
a quick lump, a proven at this level lump. So let's get behind him. I think absolutely. Yeah, what you were looking for there was lump. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Joe Watts nine said, "Don't see why people are writing him off already. He's only ever had one season of con- of consistent game time, and that was at Chester, and he scored seventeen or eighteen times in the league. Give him some games, and hopefully he can do the same for us." Yeah, and because he's tall, because he's big. I mean, we'll come to the squad in a bit, but you've got Joby, Brophy, Dayton, Karoma. Four all players supply. who are all very capable of putting in a quality ball to the box. So yeah. if he is good in the air, yeah. you, as well as Bond's good in the air, you'd expect him to clean up. And the fact that Bond and Bond's got legs on him and he doesn't stop running, and the fact that James is a, a fast, he can play off, yeah. can do a very quick counter attack between the two of them. Um, very good. It, it could it could really work in our favour against some of the more lethargic yeah. players in our league. At Lee Boyce twenty three says he's proven that in the right setup for him he can score. So hopefully we'll get the best out of him. He certainly fits the type of player we need up front. And Smoko said another addition that offers a little different but nice balance. Yeah, he goes on good shout. That. Yeah. yeah, it goes on to say kind of striker that causes havoc in the opposition box. Strength, pace, and hold up play is exactly what is required to complement Macaulay Bond. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That. I absolutely yeah. agree. With that. So, I'll finishes that tweet off. Sorry by saying Martin Ling two transfer market. Really, yeah. and St Paulie White, who was a Tranmere fan, who tweeted. I said he's okay. He got a raw deal at our place and was scapegoated, but he could be very good. So thank you to St Paulie. Yeah, thanks for getting in touch Jack Coates 14 very excited by this strength and pace is what we need together with Bond with our wide players this man could score a hat full of goals I like the look of him he gets my full support didn't work out at Tranmere but here is a different environment and a good one very very good so moving on into Wednesday the 27th of June and the players were back as pre-season training begins so at the time of going back to pre-season training squad roundup was as follows in goal three keepers <coughs> number one Dean Brill number 12 Charlie Granger Number 24, Sam Sargent. I think we're all pretty unanimous. Probably that Dean Brill starts as first-choice keeper for the season. And yeah. whoever isn't on the bench out of Charlie and Sam probably goes out on loan somewhere. Agreed. And it'll probably be Sam Sargent um, because he's younger. Sam Ling is the is wearing number two this year. Um, Joe Widdison's wearing the three. Uh, George Ellicobi, five. Josh Coulson, six. Miles Judd, 14. 15 is Dan Happy. And 21 is Marvin Ekpiteta. I think you're probably going to look at Josh and George to start with as your, as your first choice centre-backs with Sam and Joe from last season. I think last season it kind of writes itself, but then maybe to manage George um, and, and sort of any other injuries, you, you know, obviously you're going to be looking at, at Marvin or Dan, Danny Happy I think to come in there. Really. I think you're probably right. I think back four, yeah, writes itself, Sam, Joe, George and Josh. But for Ekpateta, was very good when he came in last season. Same as Danny Happ, so good... Good rotation there, and obviously you've got Judd and Sam who can both play on the left if needed. So that's the defence in the midfield. Four, Alex Lawless. Seven, Joby McEnough. Eight, Craig Clay. Eleven, James Dayton. Sixteen, James Brophy. Seventeen, Dale Gorman. Nineteen, Josh Caroma. And twenty-two, Charlie Lee. Now, I think this is probably where most fans are probably going to disagree on what that strongest four in yeah. midfield is and what system you play that as a four. Because there's... It's so, a headache, but it's a nice headache to have as a football manager. Best headache you could possibly want. For me, I think the first name on the on the team sheet in terms of midfield is going to be Joby McEnough. I knew you were going to say it, but where does Joby McEnough play? On the right. Yeah? On the right wing, yeah. Okay. Yeah? Next to him will be, obviously, one of Alex, Craig, Dale when he's fit, and Charlie. Now, if you're going to go on last season, Justin and everybody kept talking about what a big character Charlie is and 
how he's put himself out to come in and, and sort of do bits around the first team and gym up and, and just be that guy. Um, so I'm going to stick my neck out and say it'd be Joby, Charlie, and then I don't know who will pair with him, Craig or Alex. Well, Dale, Dale hasn't earned the right to, to, to just move no. straight in. Um, I think I think Justin will probably go with Craig, Craig Clay. And then one of James Dayton or James Brophy, probably... Um, I always get these two round the wrong way. Brophy finished the season last season. Brophy's the Dayton got, in, Dayton's got yeah. injured, didn't he? Yeah. So for me, I, 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 I would go different to you. I would go That's bro- what I think Justin would do. Oh, what, what, what would you do? I'm not asking what Justin's going to do. I'm asking what, what would Mr. Levy do? What would I do? Joby, Charlie, Joby, Charlie, Brof, and Dale. Oh, and Dale. Okay, so we differ. I would go Brophy left, Dayton right. Dayton had 11 assists and got injured in January. No brainer to have Dayton. No, Joby. Play Joby in the middle with Charlie Lee. Oh, controversial. That's what I would do. <clears throat> okay. And then up front, Macaulay Bond number nine, Mooney number 10, Matt Howell 18, Russell Toyu 20, and 27, James Allaby. Now, we're probably going to agree on this front two, surely, as much as it pains me to say, because yeah. I have to leave out the number 10. Yeah. Surely you start the season with Macaulay Bond yeah. and James Allaby and yeah. Mooney on the bench and Satoru yeah. to a certain extent lesser. But yeah. obviously, having five subs can't And then what hands. happens to Matt Harrell when he gets fit? Absolutely, but again, nice headaches nice to, have. to have. So yeah. let us know if do you agree with our team lineups or do you think it should be mm. other players or a different system? Let us know at orinoutlook at outlook.com or give us an email uh, at orinoutlook at outlook.com or we're on Instagram or Facebook. But having run through that squad and seeing it in front of us on paper with all those names, that is a very decent National League squad. I think there's cover in all departments, it's got a good blend of experience and youth. And yeah, that big question for me is who starts on the central midfielder? Because I think Dayton has to start on the right and I think Brophy has to start on the left. Bear in mind that those are your two, cool. those are two most creative players by miles at football club. No brainer for it's me. Big call. But who do you put in the centre? Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. it's a big call. Because Joby is obviously slightly older, although just as fit and healthy yeah, as everybody else. Maybe you put Joby on. Yeah. On the bench. Justin's choice if it was me I'd have Joby and Charlie starting and we'll see what, how Dow okay. Craig and Alex, Alex I think that's a really interesting viewpoint um, also worth pointing out obviously the squad's average age is quite low as well there's only five or six players who were 30 or over so again once upon a time we might have had a slightly aging squad but now we've got quite a young squad if you look certain through, elements yeah certain elements if you look that, what's Macaulay Bond tw- in the striker department 21-22 uh, Dave's over 30 Matt Harold's about tw- late 20s early 30s no Harold's about 33 mate is he yeah Harold, so Matt Harold's 33 yeah, yeah. Ruel's a young it's probably, it's probably like a mid 20s average age group I would, I would say. say late 20s but you know good Alex good squad so question then so who would you have as captain then well this is the this is an interesting yet debate. to be announced by the um, club shall we say yeah Justin hasn't uh, done that I mean obviously last year Charlie Lee held the armband obviously due to his serious injury he didn't get to play much so the candidates as I see it, Charlie Lee again, uh, Joe B. McEnough, George, Dean Brill, Dave Mooney and Josh Coulson. And having said that Dave Mooney probably won't play so much, he will possibly take some form of club captain role like he did last yeah. year where he was more ambassadorial for the club. It, it's, I don't think it's going to be Dean Brill. 
Nah, not a chance. It could be between Charlie, Joby and George. Do you know, for me, based on what Justin says, yeah. and knowing how much Justin loves Joby, it wouldn't surprise me if Joby is made club captain. That would, that would I, be I, my I stance. That would be my stance. I think Charlie Lee will get vice or okay. second. <clears throat> but again, it opens to interpretation, so let us know what you really think. I expect it to be Charlie or Joby, but hearing the praise that Char- that Justin is consistently giving Joby, be very surprised if Joby isn't featuring. But I, I'd expect him to be club captain. Yeah. But we shall see. Let us know what you think at Orient Outlook on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, Orient Outlook Podcast, or we're on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Plenty of great headaches for Justin to have at the moment. Yeah, or if you're not on, on, in, on social media, we're Orient Outlook at, uh, at Outlook.com. Yeah, or if you see us in the Bray Group Stadium, come and find us, South Stand, <laughs> Row E 42 41. So, Thursday, 28th of June, and happy 22nd birthday to new O signing Dale Gorman. Hope you had a great day. Yeah, and it was quite a busy day as it turned out as the club announced Jacob Priest left the club to join League Two new boys, yeah. Tranmere Rovers, on a two-year two deal. So Jake tweeted by saying, would like to thank everyone at Leighton Orient for last year. A great club who I'm sure will get back to where they deserve to be in no time. All the best. So we wish Jacob Priest all yeah. the best of luck in the world from the podcast. So your views on Good luck, Jake. Yeah, I mean, like Jimmy Greaves said, football's a funny old game, man, but, but good luck to him. <laughs> You know, his style of play is probably better suited to the to the wing-back role. Um, he's great going forwards, as we said earlier, but he just struggles to get back. But he's not that kind of player. Um, I was at a charity event on Sunday and Sean Bat was there and we were talking and he's great from the explosive, pacey point of view. But once he's done, he's done. And, and he hasn't got like endless supplies of energy like Macaulay Bonner's got. Um so he, yeah, it, it's funny now he's a football league player and we're still stuck in the National League he can't yeah. get into our team he's surplus here but he goes to, it's just a bit of a bizarre bubble it is a football great league, move right? great move for Jake you know it's rumoured he'll play as a right wing back in a 3-5-2 so I think that will really suit his game because he won't have to run back, back as much and track, which, yeah. you know, so if they get a system where he does well but he started brightly last season I think the injury to James Dayton really affected his game because I think he was like, getting a good standing with Dayton and once he lost Dayton I think he lost kind of his wingman to a certain yep. extent a few mistakes crept in and then his confidence was shot and in, you know getting applauded off against Torquay and we covered it yeah. around that game I think that, I think, I think that done it but it's been unlucky to a certain extent I think Sam Ling's come in and been superb yeah yeah I think like we said to be surprised really great player Miles Judd when Miles Judd's been called upon has been fantastic as well you know so Jake's not even been able to get back into the squad let alone just starting 11 but True. you know I wish him all the best no player ever goes out to play poorly as a, as a professional footballer, do they? So all you can say is hard luck, didn't work out for him. See how he does it, Tram. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. So the club also announced that Romy Bocco and Christian Scales have had their contracts mutually terminated. Christian went on to tweet, it didn't work out for me at the O's. I wish all the boys the best for the upcoming season. And yeah. obviously we didn't get, as he says, he didn't get to see really anything of Christian. He was out on loan a lot. But wish him well. Romy did okay for us in the limited amount of game time he had. He had some family problems that were that, that meant he wasn't around for a fairly lengthy period of time. So um, I know you don't listen to this, Romy, but sincerely from us to you, we wish you and your family all the very, very best and, and good luck for the future. Yeah, no surprises really. Wish, wish both Christian and Romy well in the future. Yeah. Bocco, again, started fairly well uh, under Steve Davies, but like we've covered, totally touched on it, didn't affect the Justin system. So wish Romy all the best. Met him a couple of times. Seemed like a really <coughs> lovely guy. Nice bloke. Always out, hanging outside the car park with his little fr- little French mate on a match day. <laughs> yeah, it's really um, odd. 
hope he can find his way in football. <clears throat> That's about it, really, I've got to say about Bocco. Yep. And then to end the day, the club confirmed that they've sold over 3,000 season tickets for the upcoming season. Amazing, amazing support. So really great work is. from everyone at the club. Friday the 29th of June, the club then announced that season ticket sales have gone up 200, so we're now just over 3,200, so the good news keeps on coming there. Yeah, and then Sunday the 1st of July, credit to Ashley and Brooker Free for the following tweet and information, and she tweeted saying the under-14s were competing in a tournament in Portugal, they won all three of their group games and finished third after losing only one game in the whole tournament, one they won the semi-final, but they did win their third place playoff with an amazing effort, especially as a lot of the boys were playing up a year, so I presume playing up a level. So well done so to yeah, the under-14s. Like, yeah, under-15s, yeah. future looks really bright for them. Honestly, All really does, yeah. Like Mackie's in the under-16 coach, under-14s going to Portugal, under-18s win the Merit League. Yeah. Brilliant. It's incredible. Brilliant. really is incredible. So well done to the under-14s there. Monday, the 2nd of July, the club announced there's going to be an open day on Sunday, the 22nd of July, from 11.15 until 3pm. Um, there's quite a bit in this. It isn't just a turn up, watch a little bit of training, and then sort of go walk around the tables and see the players. There's actually quite a bit happening here. So there's going to be a Q&A in the 1881 suite with Martin, Justin, and a couple of the players answering questions from 11.30 till 12. Um, and then the first team players are going to do a warm down on the pitch at quarter past 12. Uh, for an hour and a quarter. Uh, there's going to be coaching session at the score centre for kids from half one to half two and supporters photo with the 2018-19 squad from 1.30 uh, to 2.30 as well that, at that time. That's a really cool idea. So for 20 quid, you go and sit with the squad photo and get photoed in the squad photo and then uh, you get a photo sent to you from what, someone. What a genius idea. Brilliant idea. What I would love to do idea. it. I think that sounds amazing. But the players have got to stand there for an hour while smiling. Yeah, but like, You yeah. want to be the first one in, not the last absolutely, one. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then the day culminates in an autograph signing session, pitch side from 2.30 to 3pm. So a real engaging day there. I mean, the standard open day is go meet a few players and watch them have a little kickabout. But that is literally four hours worth of top level engagement from the club. So fantastic to see there. It's yep. really good. So later in the day, the club also announced that season ticket sales have now exceeded 3,300, so phenomenal. So now anyone get their season ticket, it's open now. The season ticket uh, deadline for renewals. renewals has passed, so open to everyone. So if you are listening and you're not a season ticket holder or you're just a casual goer and you're thinking, oh, actually, I might have some of that based yeah. on what you're hearing, you know, get in contact with the club, go down there or go get yourself online and get yourself a season ticket and hopefully we'll all be watching on and have a very successful 2018-2019 season. Indeed. Uh, just as another point, we noticed that Lamar Reynolds, who was on loan with us last season, has signed a one-year deal with Dagenham and Redbridge, who have got a new management team in there. Yeah. Um, it's obviously destined, it's written in the stars, like ex-players coming back to haunt us. Um, he'll, he'll probably score against us and uh, no that's doubt. your note so I'm not taking responsibility no for, the, doubt. for the backlash uh, uh, if that does happen yeah and obviously Monday 2nd of July being today so we had the privilege to speak to Leighton Orient Vice Chairman Mr Kent Teague all the way from Texas before we started recording so we've not heard from him in a while and we've all been missing our Kent so we've asked him a few questions about the upcoming season about last season and we asked him about mm-hmm. Ever as well and this is what Kent had to say so Ken, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a busy couple of months since the last game at Gateshead. Yeah, there's uh, there's plenty to accomplish in the off season. 
So uh, we're very excited about the signings and season ticket sales, and uh, you know, working on a lot of different, a lot of different things, trying to improve the club. You know, every day. So yeah, absolutely. So for the players, obviously they go off on their holidays, but for people like Danny Macklin and the management there, Lindsay, and and obviously yourself and Nigel, you don't get the summer off. Um, you know, really, and the players don't really get the summer off either. They've got weight restrictions. Uh, they do a little bit of work maybe on their own. They really have to watch their diet. Um, and, of, of course, they, they do rest and, and they take some time off uh, to go on holiday. But the players really do work year-round now. Uh, the, the sports science is so solid. Uh, they really have, you know, they're really required to be in top form. Uh, it, you know, all of our all of our staff, Danny and people like that, they all go on holidays at various times during the off season too, and uh, you know, kind of recharge a little bit. But yeah, we've got we've got lots of activity that's always going on in and around the club. So in terms of the activity, then I think we mentioned before we started recording that conference calls still happening, even though the season is finished and the new one hasn't started yet. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, we typically do a management conference call uh, every other week, um, and those are scheduled months in advance. We've got additional long, long calls where we'll do two or three or four hours at a time. Uh, and, you know, the next one of those calls is coming up, uh, I want to say it's Wednesday. Um, uh, uh, July 4th and uh, and so we continue to communicate with each other every day uh, you know on email with Danny pretty much every day and Nigel and uh, you know the board um, so yeah there's, there's, there's always something to improve at the club and, and things to think about uh, opportunities that we want to take advantage of so and there's a lot of uh, work that goes on just to get the season ticket set up and the marketing and, and the sales and all that. So ongoing, it's ongoing. We've made some pretty um, pretty good progress with the uh, commercial brochure that uh, that Danny put out. Uh, you must be chuffed that we've got the stadium sponsor, arguably probably the biggest sponsorship package uh, with the uh, with the shirt sponsors. We've got we got we got a lot of things in place now for next season. Yeah, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of we've got a lot of great sponsors, and we've got a lot of great opportunities for additional you know sponsors and people to be involved, uh, sponsoring a player, sponsoring a stand, um, you know, uh, ad boards. There's there's lots of ways that people can be involved in Leighton Orient if they decide that's something that they want to do, and and we've got a lot of different ways, a lot of different opportunities for them. So off the pitch, lots happening on the pitch. Few new signings coming to the club. What what is the board's expectation for next season going forward? I think obviously your first season, everyone was kind of happy with the, where we finished. Maybe albeit slightly disappointed, but now in the second season, I guess we had a year to kind of build. And now we've got Justin in. What's what's the expectation for next season? Well, I think our expectation as a board, I think our expectation is maybe a little bit below where uh, the team played the second half of the year. For the second half of the year, it's in the videos that Dustin talks about. Uh, you know, we finished fourth in the second half of the year. Uh, um, and, and so, 
certainly we would prefer to make the playoffs this next year, and that, I think that's a realistic option. I don't know if it'll happen or not. I, I can't guarantee it, but that's certainly something that we we think is entirely possible, given the additional people that we've added to the, to the side and also the stability that we've brought in with the signings and the people that we've got and, and the people that we've had for a, you know a year now. So I think I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. I think we'll have a, I think we're going to have a great season. It's going to be a great season. I think one of the key things as well that we don't often get is such little turnover in the playing staff. That must be one less sort of headache for you and the board to have to deal with, with obviously Martin and Justin. So um, it, it's, it's kind of one of those that's not really... I don't remember the last time we had so many retained players. Yeah, that's part of the challenge is that because of kind of how things started last year, we signed a lot of two-year contracts. And because of that, you don't have as much turnover that second year. Um, and so that means that this next summer, when, when we come up a year from now, there may be a few more people that are turning over just because the two-year contracts run out. So it, it'll, it'll smooth itself out over time. I think we did a lot of work last year in the loan market, the transfer window in, in January, um, and so we were really well prepared for this summer. But again, I think we've added a couple of really important pieces uh, to the side this summer and, you know, sort of rounded out the side. So it's, it's again, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a very good season. You've touched upon it before, but you must be thrilled with the amount of season tickets that the club have sold this season and the support that that the fans are bringing in this year? Yeah, our, our, our fans obviously are so supportive of the club. It is their club, and they prove that it's their club uh, by the number of season tickets. Currently, you know, as of this recording, you know, we're just over 3,300. Uh, we certainly want to crack on to higher numbers if we can. We're going to ask everybody to, you know, phone a friend and have a conversation and ask people if they really want to become involved in Leighton Orient because it's a different club than it was a year ago, certainly different than it was in years uh, past. So we think that we add value to the community. We think we add value to the club. And we think that the club is an exciting place to be and, and, it's, and it's an exciting time to be in O. I think uh, also last season there was a lot of goodwill as well in terms of people knew that the club was on the brink and, and literally about to sort of shut doors but this season is obviously a different different page I think there's a lot of weight of expectation from the fans given the settled squad and um, good numbers renewing season tickets and, and the involvement of all of the communities as you've just said how do you think that you'll be able to um, to manage expectations of the fans because obviously you're quite active on Twitter uh, you've got your rules that you do, when you do and don't engage and so on because you like to reflect and whatnot. But I think I think I, I see a slightly different sort of mentality potentially from a number of fans that um, that might be a little bit difficult or different this season. Do you have any views on that? Yeah, I you know I don't know which is best: the first night of the honeymoon or the last night of the honeymoon. So I you know I just don't I don't know I don't know the answer to that right. Uh, so. So I, I still think that we're, we're, we still uh, garner a tremendous amount of goodwill uh, in the community and the fan base. I think that you know, we have done things uh, you know, in an appropriate manner. 
uh, to continue to garner goodwill, and we've tried to make really good decisions as we go along uh, to better the club. So I, I do think that there will be maybe a little bit more of a fan expectation of, you know, we should be winning, we're the biggest club, we're the biggest whatever, we're the longest, we're the, you know, we're in London, whatever, whatever uh, rationale they use that we should absolutely just wipe people off the planet. But that's not how it works. So it'll it'll be I think it, I think it'll be a good year. Yes, expectations are going to be a little bit higher, but I don't think that we're going to go through this phase where the expectations are just completely unrealistic. Um, because I think Nigel and and Martin and, and Justin and Danny and people like that will help manage and moderate you know the expectations. And I got to ask the question, Mister Ebu Adams. Didn't sign with the club. A bit of a blow, but Dal Gorman in. But how much of a blow was Ebu not signing? It was a surprise. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, listen, I we, guess even for him to turn a, up at Ebb's fleet was probably an even bigger surprise. We, we as a club, we as a club are never going to get every player that we want. People have personal preferences. And we constantly have to balance what the player believes is best for themselves, what Justin believes is best for the team, and what Martin and Nigel believe is best for the club. So and Danny. So so we've got so we've got this this balance that, that we've got to achieve. And there are going to be players in the future who decide they want to play somewhere else and there's not really anything that we can do about it and that's you know that's just part of the game then going out and finding someone who will either be better or different in that same spot or you know adjust the the side to be better based on somebody else playing you know in and around that same area so we we can't we don't look at it as if you know, oh my gosh, it's you know, it's the end of the world because one particular player doesn't sign with us. Of course, we would prefer that the best players come and play with us all the time, but that's you know, that's just not how the world works. Yeah, absolutely. So Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo won't be making an appearance at the well, time soon. Yeah, they, they exited the World Cup a little sooner than they expected, so yeah. we may have some conversations with them. <laughs> so just to finish up, just to finish up here, the great announcement today with the Open Day. I mean, that sounds like it's really a great way of engaging. It's not just the standard Open Day. There's lots of different things that can be done, and it's another great way uh, that fans can engage with the club. You must be excited about, about the prospect of that Open Day. We are. We are very excited about the Open Day, and the reason is because we want our fans, you know, and our players and our coaching staff to have solid interactions with each other, to be able to have conversations, to be able to spend time together, get the pictures, get you know, get all that stuff done. Um, you know, it's like uh, last year, I think uh, David Mooney's daughter had a birthday, and I think there was a big birthday cake for her last year, if I remember correctly, on Open Day. And, you know, the women's team was there. And so it's a, it's a fantastic day. And I will say this, it is a day for the club. Uh, it's not a day Nigel and I will not be there. Um, and I don't know if any of the board members will be there, but that's okay. Because it's it's a day that 
that's there for the fans and for the players and the, and the coaching staff. So it's, it's going to be a great day. But you're coming over soon, aren't you? What, what's your uh, what's your schedule? I, yeah, I actually I actually leave on the 22nd from London um, that that around noon that day. Um, so and that was a, that's just a scheduling thing that happened that way. Uh, but I will be in London the 16th through uh, the 21st. So I'll be at the preseason friendly on the 17th and the 21st. And I will be in Portugal the 11th through the 15th. So I will be in Portugal for the uh, preseason friendly on the 14th. So I think we've kept you long enough, Kent. But just before we sign off, are there any special messages that you want to sort of get out to the to the Orient fans and the Orient community? Yeah, absolutely. And it really comes in the form of a thank you. Thank you to the board, to Nigel, uh, who steers us as a club, as a chairman. You know, thank you to Nigel. Thank you to the board for all that they do on behalf of the club. Thank you to the staff. Uh, the staff does a phenomenal job. Uh, Danny and, and all of that group, they do a phenomenal job. Thank you to Justin and the coaching staff for putting together uh, what, I, what I think will be a great side for us. And thank you to the players for spending so much time and so much effort to develop skills and talents that they have. It is going to be fantastic to watch them be on display this year. And thanks to the fans, thanks to the season ticket holders, thanks to everyone that's involved in Leighton Orient. It is truly a phenomenal club, and I am extremely blessed to be a part of it. So just thank you. Well, Ken, thank you very much. Thank you for everything that you've done for us and thank you uh, for coming on the show uh, this week and we look forward to seeing you um, when you're over next. Ken Teague, everybody, thank you very much. So that was um, Principal uh, Investor and uh, the man that's very, very well known to all of us at Orient, Ken Teague. So, Ken, thanks again uh, for coming on the show. So this is a bit of a bumper one. Uh, obviously, we've, got, we've had a lot to cover, so I think... We should round this up, and as always, uh, we have positives and negative yeah. uh, of the summer so far. So uh, there's quite a lot more positives you'll be pleased to know than there were that we could think of negative. So the first one being pre-season is organised well in advance. Yeah, always good to have second transfer business seems to be done very early. So happy with what we've got. Wouldn't surprise me if one or two more end up coming in, but so far. So good. If they did, I reckon they'd be loan signings rather than yeah. uh, permanent. Season ticket sales are in absolutely fantastic shape at 3,300 just over. We're, Ryan. what, 3,850, 3,800 last year. So we're well on course. Yeah, sponsorship deals are coming in. So more income for the club equals ability to attract better players. Yeah, so and more to invest in the squad good. there. Yeah. And the club is in a much is much more settled in all departments, on the pitch and off the pitch uh, yeah. as well. And us as fans, I think we don't seem to be as antsy as we were last year. Absolutely, no. Everyone happy, everyone ready for the season. People can't wait. I bumped into a listener in Loughton High Street about four weeks ago who told me they couldn't wait for the season to start. And I was like, chill out. Yeah. It's fine. Like, yeah. It's coming. Don't worry about it. And only the one negative of missing out on that transfer target Ebu Adams but you know clearly wasn't meant to be and most fans now probably glad he hasn't signed so even though that's a negative it's not too much of a negative so lots of yeah. upcoming dates in for your diaries so the National League fixtures have finally released at 1pm 
on Wednesday the 4th <coughs> of July so we will find out on Wednesday who we have in the first game of the season fixtures go live at 1pm for the season that starts on Saturday the 4th of August so it is coming slowly but surely the season will be starting seems like although the Premier League and the Football League have put their fixtures out I don't understand why the National League is, is putting theirs out so much later anyway uh, Orient are set to play their first pre-season friendly away to Harlow Town this coming Saturday the 7th of July with a 3 o'clock kickoff. but if England beat Colombia um, on Tuesday night uh, this will clash with England's potential quarter-final tie so a few fans already asking if the match will be postponed or kickoff time amended to accommodate this probably not so yeah, if you're going to go to if you're going to go to Harlow you're going to be missing uh, missing England if you don't go to Harlow yeah unless they miss kickoff time to Midday or something I guess we'll see based on what happens tomorrow night see what happens enough, one. Yeah. the squad will fly to Portugal early next week for a week's training camp which will include the match that we've already said against Benfica B on Saturday the 14th of July so if you're lucky enough or crazy enough to be going to Portugal, have a great trip. Yeah. If you do, we'd love to hear from you. Get in contact. I know a few know. people that are. Yeah. Well, bumped sorry, into really? one. Bumped oh. into one in the old Maypole pub. Yeah. There is, there's a few of them going out there. Awesome. So oh, that awesome. is it. Yeah. That, that is, is it. it. That is episode one four four done. Um, it's been a busy couple of months at Orient as the players have been. Uh, sorry, as a couple of players have left, some have been bought in, and even the stadium's name has changed. And what a contrast to last year. This summer has been. This year, we had 22 players registered and with three leaving and two joining before pre-season began, it meant that Justin, Ross and the team can really put them through their paces and get them ready for the season. Yeah, and off the pitch, got to give credit to the commercial department and all the team for getting stadium sponsorships sorted, all the various commercial deals, like we've said, bringing in money for the club, you know, really good, attract the better quality of player, really make money, become no object, hopefully, to get us out of the National League and all this in place on and off the pitch, hopefully the foundations have been laid to have a very successful season in 2018-19, yeah. which is what we all want for Leighton Orient Football Club. Yeah, and if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review. We'd be very grateful to you if you could just spend a moment to do that. If you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. And if you think, uh, sorry, if you have an older relative or loved one who you think will like the podcast, can you help them out in whichever way is convenient to you all? Yeah, so we'll be back with episode 145 towards the end of July, but it's very dependent on Mr. Levy's lovely wife Zoe giving birth to their first child at the end of yeah. July. So hopefully, 145 won't be too long away, but we haven't we don't a new know arrival coming to Orient Out the Podcast Towers. But when we do, we'll run up all the pre-season with all the information and views that you could ever need. And just to finish, mugs, still available. Only got a few left now. So it's £7 for one, £12 for two, £3 for postage. So get in contact, get yourself an outlet mug and drink like the kings and queens that you all are. <laughs> so wherever you're listening to us, whether you're on a staycation because of the great weather here in the UK or whether you're sipping margaritas by the pool, we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. Listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Thanks for listening. Up the O's. Up the O's. Thank you to Mr. Kent Teague for his appearance as well. Always a pleasure. <laughs>